0: it's your boy it's Improvise. are you in for a treat today on this episode of the provise project we have natalie sami natalie sami is a stand-up comedian slash actress slash photographer uh, you, you you get the point she is absolutely hilarious and funny and oh man you're gonna love this one i love doing it hey um but you know what else i love support if you want to support my pay my patreon go to patreon.com forward slash the provise project i got no sponsors Fano. you could be my sponsor two dollars fifty a month let's go all right i hope you guys enjoy this as much as i enjoyed doing it let's go today on the podcast i've got the amazingly talented oh the rising star oh what else oh. can i add in there net
1: um lighting extraordinaire Oh, stop it. I, I I think, you know, my pussy pops severely, so you can add that. Uh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. So many, things. Oh, so many shit. things. So many layers. This, uh, I'm an onion, baby. Uh, we've got um, N- Natalie Sami here. How are you, Matt? I'm good, man. I'm holding on. How are you during lockdown? Well, dude? Man, it's good. I love lockdown. It's the best. Yeah, I think for creatives we have this time where we pause, right, and we really get to look at our work that we've done for a while.
0: That's a great way of putting it. Yes, that's exactly what yeah. it is.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think we're ta- as creatives, we're taking that You gotta take the time to really work on your work, yeah. which is rare. Yeah.
0: And you step back and then you go, okay, like, oh yeah, maybe I could do that a little bit better.
1: But when you're yeah. working full time, it's like. Oh my gosh. Especially yeah, when like... we're living in that content world, you know, where you mm-hmm. have that pressure to constantly bring shit up, but you don't even get to step back and really look at what you've produced.
0: Yeah. So I feel so, this
1: time is really good for everyone to kind of just take time. You know?
0: So to rewind a back, net, like, I, I I, don't think I've done you justice. But to, to the people that do not know you or have not seen your amazing mahi and your amazing uh, co- comedy prowess who are you
1: um I am Natalie Sami I am a Santa comedian here in Auckland um, I'm also an actress uh, writer producer um, uh, amateur um, photographer cannabis enthusiast. Um, many things. Uh, I've been doing stand-up for about five years in Auckland. Um, it took me about three times to uh, get up the guts to, you know, do my first set at the Classic. Yikes. Um, and, you know, since then, things kind of just took off, really. I've done Netflix, I've worked on Nas- uh, New Zealand Fashion Week, you know. Um, I've been able to do um, opportunities with Joe, and, and obviously now bounces. So yeah, it's um, changed the trajectory of my life completely.
0: Describe to me, describe to me how that first that first dive into the stand up world was like for you. The first gig at the Classic.
1: The first gig, I think, for me, kind of took me back because. I wasn't necessarily um, looking... At, our stories weren't, well, what can I say? There were a lot of white performers. And um, I realized that um, I, I wasn't really coming with the same sort of humor or technique that everybody else had shown on stage. So there was a little bit of apprehension in a sense of like, oh, maybe they, don't, they won't like my type of humor or the way I present myself, you know? Um, I remember coming down the stairs <clears throat> and you have to remember six minutes came down the stairs my second step just before I get onto the classic stage I forget everything blank completely blank and then um a soon a couple of steps the light hits me and then yeah it was just non-stop after that did you notice uh, like
0: uh, it's kind of like I, I don't know but is there a sense of like an out-of-body experience when you did it?
1: yeah so it's that um adrenaline rush that, that it's called comedy cocaine right mm. where um you have this it's your blood for me it's just like I used to just completely blank yeah. and go out there co- and just go energy 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 and sometimes I and I had pinpoints of jokes that I would say and I would go completely off topic and um at that time I would record myself and then come home and 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 listen to those things, and I think for me, um, it 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 kind of unraveled when it when it when it comes when it comes to like anxiety and things like that. I oh. became hyper aware of wow. of that condition um, through stand up because and the best way to do it was to tackle it head on really, because comedy is just yeah, it, Com- it, it, yeah. Yep. Just-
0: Coming back to that, you know with brown comedians and mm. people of color, and there's not many of them that go out there. What do you think some of the obstacles are to get more multi Pacifica, Indian, Pakistani, PG and any, any d- different minority and, cl- yeah. and have
1: more inclusion in the stand-up game? See, listen, <laughs> I can tell you this. So my ethnic, ethnic background, right? I'm part Malaysian Indian. Uh, my dad's from a city in, called Ipoh in Malaysia. And my mom is Fijian Indian, um, and they met in Oduhu in the 80s. And that's where I was born and raised, out South. Um, Out South, being brown wasn't a big deal. It Mm. was just accepted regardless. Like, yeah, you're going to get butt at the jokes and stuff, but everybody's laughing with you instead of at you. So when you're in those spaces like stand-up, where you're in white-dominated spaces, you you become hyper-aware of... um, the way you come across in comedy. So you, you kind of want to step away from becoming a caricature yeah. of um, a person of color. And I think for me, it, that's kind of half the battle. But oh. the main thing is getting, being able to see people like like Joe and people, well, like Madeline Sami and Angela Dravid and, and Pax Asadi and, and people, brown faces on TV that have made it through comedy, I think will absolutely, um ease our communities to
0: yeah. that space. Cause yeah, because I, I I've I've dabbled a bit. Of and
1: course. then
0: in my in my first stand-up go, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think these people will understand what I'm talking about. Like I'm talking about scabbing money outside
1: of Pack and save. And I don't think that it ever relates to that. But I was I, I went in with hiding stuff, right? I was like, hey, everyone's got a hiding and it was like Oh, girl! <laughs> and I was like, ah. So yeah, it's it's that it's it's um learning that you have to learn the audience and learning to kind of be cautious about what you say. I think that's that's kind of what people don't understand is New Zealand is a very conser- conservative country. Aotearoa is very conservative when it comes to things you can and can't say when you go out there. I made a joke about generational wealth in the wrong area in Oakland, and they didn't like it. I was like, "Who's got generational wealth?" And they all said, "We do." So I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> on the back of that, I was with this. So you know, when you go up on the raw comedy, and um, I was with a dude that was extremely rich, like I don't know how, and he invited all of his workmates to come, or all of his right, and that's the worst. Like I, I was. I knew that if I were to go and say, "Hey, everybody, come! I'm coming. I'm doing a um, a show at the at the classic." People would come, but I was like, yeah. "I'm not telling sh- nobody," because it's like that fake laugh. Like, I don't know if I'm actually funny, or they're yeah, just trying yeah, to make you yeah. feel good. Yeah. Anyway, this guy, this guy got up and he he pretty much just, and he, it wasn't a it wasn't a bit though around talking around like taking a helicopter to like a, a wine festival. <laughs> and then i'm sitting there like what the fuck like nobody's gonna get that and nobody laughed and then he was just like what the fuck like why aren't you guys finding this funny and i'm like uh,
1: mm. those people blame the audience i think yeah, yeah. And they're like oh the audience it was the audience and it's like bruh it's reality who owns a helicopter <laughs> we barely
0: own homes here yeah. man It's like, oh, you know, uh, you guys all know about when you take private jets and everything, right? And it's like,
1: no, (laughs) motherfucker, we do not. (laughs) What the fuck are you talking? uh, Yeah, no, the one thing comedy has done for me is put me in those kind of spaces with very privileged people. And as a a comic, I'm an observer, obviously. And observing my um, interactions with these individuals and I I realise how... um, like the the reality in the worlds are so very different. But, I think, yeah. especially from like South Auckland to like like those are two different worlds. If you really put your mind to it, especially doing comedy now all around Auckland and up and down, seeing how much of there there is that divide and and um and people like me coming up on stage really um challenges that for them, and if anything opens it questions but even even the even the difference between and you'll be able to touch on this too between South Auckland and East Auckland oh I went to school out east yeah and I was born and raised out south so I would drive every morning Wow! and just that drive was like economically for me even as a teenager you would see things like your state housing and all these kind of things and then you'd go into luxury You know, you're going towards Botany and like Chapel area. As
0: as a kid, like, did you notice that the jokes and being, you know, like comedians always are very observant people, and they'd observe like a different the difference between a school like out south or your friends out south to like McLean's College, Mm. like totally different. It was for me um, audience, I
1: suppose. Yeah, for me, I think that's kind of the main reason. I think ultimately got me into comedy was me being from South Auckland was already so foreign to most of the kids kind of when I went to school with. And so I was already automatically funny, you know, because the way I spoke from the way I, you know, did things, to the music I listened to thing and, you know, my most likely, you know, I get most likely is at the end of the year of like high school shit. My most likely, because I drove from South Auckland to East Auckland every day, my most likely was to die in a drive-by. <laughs> and all these white like kids are like, ha, 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 What the fuck? And I'm was? like, this trauma.
0: <laughs> Why would they even say, like, who made all these most likelihoods up, the teachers or the kids? The teachers
1: are like, ha, oh. ha. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is like, a oh, while ago, But at the time, being the butt of the joke was so, i was so used to that, that it eventually, obviously, I had changed my perspective on that and realized that I do have the power. In that yeah, because
0: you and, come and, off, I mean, I've on and, and you through th- what you put out online, but you seem like a very confident person, like you don't give a fuck what everybody else thinks.
1: Yeah, you, you can't though. I think it's, and, and, and especially when you're creating, um, and I realized that for a lot, for a long time, what hindered me was that pe- was the perspe- pers- perception of others. I'm, I'm an Indian woman. I mean, getting to this point for me was I, in order to chase what I want to do in my dreams, I had to go against a lot of societal norms, you know, which led a lot of people down, like family members and, and parents and stuff. And at that point I realized, you know, now I'm in too deep. I gotta, I gotta either take, I gotta, I gotta show the confidence, you know, show them that it is possible to, to do what I do.
0: Was that so, hard for you? Like, especially around, I mean, obviously it was, but around, and, and quote me if I'm wrong, but like, there is a very kind of, like, especially in the, um in Indian households, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you're going to be a doctor or an accountant or mm-hmm. a nurse or, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of like, um, Middle Asian com- uh, countries are like that, yeah, right? Yeah.
1: So for me, what was what was it? Is that I grew up in a home that was riddled with domestic violence, and so for me, I I'm a big advocate for elimination. And since I started doing stand and obviously getting a little platform, I've been able to raise awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister, my little sister, and me—we kind of, and my mother—we survived the situation, and I think that kind of really obviously took a big toll on me but as I'm getting older realizing that it is a big part of my narrative and a big part of what I do was when you're in those situations you realize that these little like rules of like what people think about you and and things kind of don't matter because at the end of the day you kind of only have is family and people you love and so um, at the time I thought okay um, me and my sister, we flip the script now. My sister's a policy advisor and she works um, on, a fo- on a policy working towards eliminating um, domestic violence amongst um, Māori and ethnic and refugee communities. And I'm working on a forum. I was able to be part of that forum as well and hopefully be able to do more as, as I build my platform. But um, being able to be empowered every time I... I encounter women and men that are, they're that coming out of those situations and they hear my story or they hear little nuggets of my stand standup. Um, it really shows that you can really overcome anything truly. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: Like, no. I, And this is something, this is why my job as a like podcasting and, and interviewing people, like what I found the most interesting thing about it is that so many people will show you something online and that's mm. your perception of them because that, that's all you see but knowing that stuff is amazing that's a that's a that's a huge
1: yeah and for me I think adding especially with that topic and what I want to do when it comes to stand up and using that humor I'm hoping to implement it into my comedy implement it into creative creativity to to not just eliminate, but raise awareness and remove the stigma. I mean, the domestic violence rates in New Zealand is one in three people. So like we can't hear, we, we have a really big dark secret there. So um, yeah, I think it's a big, it's a big thing we need to talk about. If anything, a big part of my story and empowers me, empowers me to continue because do you feel, do you feel I that do with my Zealand, inner child, I
0: think. Sorry, Ned, sorry to interrupt. Right. Do, do you feel that, New Zealand has that culture of just hiding. Like, I mean, they recently, and I've only seen recently too, but this whole speech around, this whole narrative around how bad um, uh, Pākehā treated Mm -hmm. Māori and Mm -hmm. with the Panthers coming out, how bad they treated Polynesian people that brought it over here. It's just a recent thing. But There's so many more things like this. Like, I did not even know that one and three. And that's, that's, yeah. a, that's why. And, and me not knowing that is actually quite fucked up. Like, everybody. Yeah, we have the worst kind of
1: domestic that. violent rates in the world. Wow. Yeah, that's really embarrassing. Wow, that is. like Yeah, it's I'm, super embarrassing as well is because I have come across more survivors of domestic violence since doing stand-up. And it's, it's, it's uh, almost shattering because people don't want to admit it. Mm. And then that becomes a big burden on themselves. It doesn't become a big burden on anybody else. And so for me to be able to um, speak about it and make jokes about it is, is important. It's, it's, it's how we confront it as a society yeah. because we're a community. And if, if anything, the pandemic has taught us is that we can do anything as long as we are looking after each other. So yeah. if we can do yeah. that, you know, if we can really come together as a team of 5 million, why not, you know, checking in on your neighbours?
0: That is, that is. I am actually really, honestly, blown away by that. Because I, I, you wouldn't even think about it, but it, it is, like, when I think back at when I was growing up, like, all of my, I was raised by a solo mum, but all of my mates, bro, they all got hidings and their mums got, you know, like, there was always yeah. this underlining kind of thing. But then as you grow and you turn into the, the, the adults that you are, you know, you could just see it, like me, obviously, I don't, because, I, you know, like, because that's I'm a product of my environment growing up. But, of course. but I, I, yeah, I, I just think, I, yeah. I think it
1: impacts everybody, even knowing that people that you love were and people that you admire were in those situations automatically kind of, you change your perception of them. And I think that is a stigma. Um, of and and we talk about it and it's also that uh, generational um, curse of it like continual in yeah. our community because no one wants to talk about it no one wants to do this or that and I and I think that that there is um, key for us to especially as young people who are, who are open to have conversation mm-hmm. like I'm able to say this to you and and I'm more than happy to but I mean. You asked me a couple of years ago. I would be timid and, and not talk about it yeah. because it's, it's something that we shame almost. It's it's it's
0: actually when you think about it though, you know, when you think when you try and unpack it and see, like, oh, I wonder why, and you know, I can only guess that it is higher in our low low socio economic places like mm. South Auckland, like you know the portlanders and um, you know um, all these uh, you know the the real. The real hard done by places, and a lot of and, and you know like chime in here. I think a lot of a lot of the domestic violence comes
1: from stress, oh. from trying to eat like the the financial financial stress and financial abuse is a big thing for us. I mean, we we and it's also pressure to to just come to. to I mean, we're also paying rent and things like that. Financial situations on top of that, you kids. And so that's why domestic violence has come to—I uh, know for—it's—it's uh, gone quite high due to like lockdown and that level of stress as well. So and, and it all really comes down to mental health. Truly, mm. we 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 have to have that open conversation, and I know Joe does as well. Which is that's why I'm such a big um, advocate on men's mental health and also women's as well, especially um, mothers who who kind of go into these situations worried about their children. And I I want to be that example of. My mum made that decision, and now I'm here and doing what I want to do. Yeah. So yeah, make that decision.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the poverty rate in in so in society, and also yeah. like this intergenerational disadvantage that Maori Pacifica have. Oh yeah, it adds. It, it's just a byproduct of that,
1: really. A thousand percent. It's also it's 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 that. Cultural pressure of us um, at home, and then you're going out into other spaces where you're dimming yourself down. You're kind of the butt of the joke. You're going to work, you know. You've got white bosses who are mean. To, like that kind of pressure at work, and then you're you're confused about your identity. You're confused about where you stay, where you're at, who you are, and you sacrifice so much. I think, especially, especially Modi refugee immigrant parents sacrifice a lot of their dreams and their identities. To, for us to be able to do what we do and what we love to do. And that is a big toll on any individual, on any human being, you know? And so that also causes a chip on a shoulder. And, call, and so when you when you don't achieve things, they feel bitter about it and, and then you get bitter about it. And it's this ugly cycle instead of openly talking about, you know, what's bothering you. It's, it's, it's those things, it's those conversations. You, and it's just, a, yeah, change sorry, society. Yeah. Um do
0: you do you find using comedy as a vessel to get those conversations out effective in your like what you do? Is that what oh. like is that how you're using
1: it? A thousand percent. I think for right now, I mean I mean I'm with I'm I'm still a baby, five years in, and I'm always still learning as I go and learning from my peers and people I, I gig with. Um implementing my style and being able to to tackle those big topics is what I truly want to be able to do and, 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 and challenge the stigma. I mean, I'm a big challenge. I mean, I'm standing up against like, you have, you have like someone call on Ben early, and they're right after. It's on me. It's like people, regardless, people are already have a, their perception of who I am and who they think I am. Yeah. And I shatter it every time. So if not now, I mean, I broke some, I'm, I'm breaking walls, man. You got to keep going. That, that, feel, that does feel nice the way. No, that, that no. when somebody
0: looks and i've had i had all my life people will look at you and think like with me they look at me and they go oh look there's another white guy and then i get up and then i speak maori and then they look at me like what or i or i give them like around kawa around things that are supposed to be happening in, in schools and, and and they're like they look at me like what's like
1: are you yeah and, no and a thousand percent part
0: of me is like bro, you should have got to know me before you started judging me. The out. other half of me is like, bro, this is 2021, man. You should be accepting somebody for who the fuck they are. Like, yeah. For me,
1: it's like, you should see me trying to, back in the day when I was trying to get into comedy venues and they're like catering to me. Oh,
0: catering, shit. It's
1: back of houses. Back fuck. Of, and and these are this places like, like Devonport and Takapuna and like, oh, here yes. And I, I'm like, no, I'm a comedian. And they're like, no. <laughs> okay, uh, you just got to go, the audience is, and so I, I like, I, I, for me, there was this incident. Well, i don't go got an incident. It was a gig in a very small, small, like, it was beer bunker. Do you remember And everyone oh, was like, two two the cans, and it was a very small stage, and everybody knew most of the comedians, but obviously me, I don't really, you, you, yeah, I, people don't, and so everybody moved aside for all the audience, for the comics when wow. they had their seats. But when I was called on, I was like pushed around. It took me at least 15 minutes to get on stage. Ridiculous. And then when I got on stage, I did my, I did my job. The crowd parted like the Red Sea when I got off. And that's when I was like, oh. Moments like that for me is like
0: Yeah. Uh, here's, I here's mean, uh, another example that I, I had I recently had to do a speaking job. Uh, and it was mainly f- like a it, it, it was cool, but when I got off the plane, my beard was all scruffy. I had like a lion red hoodie on. Like I looked dope. like a piece of shit. Like, like I love it. Yeah, lion red,
1: that's sick. It's gonna it, be
0: vintage. Keep that. Oh uh, yeah. And then I was rocking in and I went in there and like everybody, all the other, all the other um people were were um maori females wahine and i'm sitting there and i'm getting these looks like who the fuck is this guy you know and then wait, wait the, the person that was running it was just like i don't i'm not too sure about this guy yeah. and then you know i said up, hi my name is tim blah 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 and then yeah and then i went because you know i had a couple of hours so went to the barber got got all looked nice. And I went on stage and then even then before they were like, yeah, we don't really know this guy. Nobody talked to me except for one of the people They were that was cool. And then fuck, I did my, I did my, and I'm really lucky because, he, and I talked to, um, cause I, I worked with PAX in no. terms of he taught me how to organize like a, a, a bit how to organize it. He, I, I'm ever so thankful for that time mm-hmm. that he spent with me. And so I just organized this bit and I went up on stage and fucking murdered it. And then I came off and then there was an intermission. I checked my phone. I had like seven different, uh, new followers on Instagram. And they were all the ones that were there. And I was just like, these bitches. (laughs) (laughs) When I look like a scrub, nobody
1: wanted to fucking, you know, yeah, see, that's what happens. I mean, I, I get it, it, the hard, the hard thing I think for especially for women is when we are on stage and at any point, was, what we wear is very, very important um, because it uh, for women if you wear like like imagine like I go on stage and I don't give a fuck, but um, and at that point um, people. It, it challenges them already I mean they're just like whoa she's got a titty eye what's she gonna say about what is it <laughs> she got fat ass cleavage she ain't gonna say shit mm. and she's so fat and then yeah and i think as that it's yeah people people have a big judgment on that kind of shit i think i grew up outside. we would we don't wear shoes out. you know i don't care yo, I, what yeah i had to dress up only white spaces you know like hey okay, all right
0: i'm like that too i'm like yo i'll go i used to have to go to clinton supermarket with no shoes on Shit, like, I'm uh, talking about everybody's Yeah, yeah,
1: shit. yeah no, what? Right. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's very weird. I think now, especially when you're like in, because I live central now. So if I don't have, like, if I don't, if I, I look like a ghoul outside, they're going to be like, there's an intruder <laughs> in our area. Oh,
0: man. It's, it's honestly, it's one of the weirdest things. Hey, eh? it's man, honestly oh. one
1: of the weirdest things. Eh? And yeah. it's I think everywhere. mostly people of color, we really get the brunt of what we wear. If you look, like, if our parents are like, don't look scruffy, they're going to judge you if you look scruffy. But it's like, why? Because they already have the perception that we're like dirty kids. That, yeah. You know? And that's they're like, true. don't look scruffy. And so people, now you're just like, we got to, yeah, that's a really bad mentality. Sometimes I'm depressed, baby. Baby, so I, sometimes so- I'm I just got up. Leave me alone. <laughs> I needed to get milk. I didn't want to get up and like warm my Gucci. <laughs>
0: Dang. I got up this morning and I had to do it. I did an um, interview this morning. It, it, it was like 11 o'clock. And being in lockdown, you know, I was sleeping. I didn't give a shit. Right? And time I was is like, a
1: concept that makes no sense. No, time doesn't make sense. Yeah, so I woke
0: up at, the, the interview was at 10, 11. I woke up at like 10.30 and I was like, shit. All right, no time for a shower. It's just going to be on the Zoom call. It'll be fine. And then I, could, I went on and I put the Zoom call on and then I looked at my face and I had the pillow marks on my face <laughs> and I'm like stretching it out. Like, fuck, fuck <laughs> just stretch this Hey, girl. Like, everything that's... from here down is fine. I can kind of... Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my
1: God. That's a good sleep, though. Oh, man, you know I have like, I haven't like properly, you know, just since lockdown, every day I'm just like, are we out? I just want Wicked Wings. Fuck. It I just wh- want Wicked Wings. I don't want to recreate it, bitch. You know that I've lost it if I start recreating KFC. None of this fake away shit. As yeah, well, oh my I, God. Recreating Wicked Wings, girl. Away. Turn it off. That's when you know lockdown's got it to you. tonight. You're recreating fast food. Tonight was my turn to, to sort out
0: dinner. Mm. And then I, like half the day I was like, oh, fuck, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And then when it's actually time, it's like, fuck. I got to do... Oh, I'll just. Call up pizza? <laughs> and then I was yeah, like yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck no, there's no pizza. No, nothing. Uh, I, should, no, no. I, I, moved here. And I can go to the Shins up in um, uh, Avondale. and so I'm just like, yeah, Shins is my, my spot right there.
0: <laughs> so, like after high school, like what made you want to go to radio school?
1: Um, for me, it was just um, I was all over the place at that point. At that point, um. Uh, like everybody else in my year and they were going to uni and they were having these amazing experiences. And I, we, what I was doing was working multiple jobs and trying to get my sister to finish high school. You know, we wanted everything to be normal for her because she was younger since our domestic violence situation. So for me, I was in a state of autopilot. I was like working three or four jobs, um, helping mom out. And then it got to where mom was stabilizing and and I had I had a choice of like what I wanted to do, and radio college I, w- I did I did communications at um, AET for a bit like a year, and even then I was like oh dude I'm I, I have like I'm all over the place here, and then when I saw a radio college ad. I went in for an interview and they got me in on the spot. They loved the way I just spoke, and I think it's just how I how i am i think i like i like to i like to get to know people and just and and yeah i don't know it, it was just something naturally that kind of came to me but in my gut when i saw the ad i saw the ad on facebook i remember i saw the ad on facebook for radio college and in my gut i was like i haven't done anything for myself in like years so let's do it oh. so yeah
0: so was there any kind of like time where you're like listen i want to because you did do some you did do some radio correct
1: yeah, I did. Um, in I did radio. I was a breakfast show host for the Pulse FM with, um, and I was like the sidekick, but with Ricky Bannister, who is who works for the Age now. He's fantastic. I love him. Um, and you know, and, and that was really a great part for me to start writing comedy because I was starting to think of daily topics that I had to make funny. So I was like, all right, I will make this funny. And then from then on, what was big for me was like the lack of diversity and not just our screens, but even on our radio, even in our like, we have like lack of diversity in our uh, back then. It was like a flying milk to see people of color in these white dominated spaces, you know? And I think at that point I realized, oh, radio might not fit me because I'll be too worried about trying to, you know, not hurt anyone's feelings instead of creating authentically. You and think so,
0: if you had the opportunity, you'd head hit, hit
1: back into it? Yeah, absolutely. I'm mean, this is my old age vibes. Uh, I'm going to retire and just um, smoke pocket, pot and just become like Mike Hosking and just go out and like ruin my life. But you know, radio has it has a very special place in my heart because obviously that gave me that boost of um, the industry and also a lot of people coming out of radio college became comedians. And I remember, huh, weird why would you go to radio college and then become a comedian and now i'm here five years later a comedian there
0: is i mean there's definitely like crossover with it like what you said but like being able to use words to um hit a target audience and absolutely there's 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 plenty of crossover
1: oh absolutely and also being sharp Mm -hmm. and fast on radio you've got to be fast you got to be um also watchful what you say and and even if it's 5 a.m in the morning you know you can't mess up but uh it's that it's then the writing style that that pressure has that had kind of um jump-started something I think in my mind of being like oh I can really if I really put my mind to it compress things and make them funny daily things
0: yeah and that's really what comedies like comedy is just finding I mean you could tell me more about it but it's finding around things that we relate to but mm-hmm. you've found an observation that's Funny yeah,
1: it. yeah, yeah. And I think I think as, as well as just I used it, I was always funny in my mind. Well in my mind. I was always funny. Just everybody knew me as a funny kid. And I used it as a um defense mechanism, obviously, growing up. But I was always cracking jokes at the worst time. I was just uh, you'll see my school reports is just making everybody laugh, distraction. And I think as as I've gotten older, I realized that I really just turned that into um Um, something I can live off but comedy for I think for everybody everybody has that type of humor but the one thing it is is universal and that you can make making people laugh regardless of your race your age your color your sex, who you're who you're fucking what you know what did you eat it doesn't matter because we're laughing together and that causes that vibration you know and of of collectiveness that I that I I aspire to create everywhere I go hopefully
0: and how do do some legend of the monkey thing happened. did you just uh, uh, did you know how, how
1: did it all go, go i tell you something um i think one of the pro- what the director um had seen me or seen me at the classic someone had seen me at the classic and i was just ripping i was just having one of my nights where i'm just ripping into the audience ripping into myself you know having a good time um and i got an email i had broken my leg on a live scooter so i got an email and um, they're like, hey, you know, I, I don't have, I did not have an agent, nothing, none of that, nah, none of nowhere near there. And um, they're like, look, we would like for you to come in, to an audition. And I was in my crutches at the time, and I walked up, and I did my audition, and I'm still like loopy from like coming off like cravat all, have to break my leg, and I'm like, yeah, going hard. And then silence, heard nothing, and I was like, did I dream that? But well, I had so many drugs that I did I dream that and is that a and, and my friends, I was like, is that a tremendous dream that I went and auditioned for Netflix there? And they're like, no. And then um like September, like around there, um, I get in I get an email saying you've been chosen for the part. Um, come in. I came in, did a dress shoot, and they, they, everybody has these beautiful headshots and it's just me like, eh, in the door. <laughs> um And yeah, that was an amazing experience. The whole team was fantastic. The producers, the writers, everybody had, I had such a good time and it was so, um, I got to be part of the big team photo, which I was like, crack up. They did a whole season and I was in the last episode. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. It it was just, and when I was there, the director said that he had seen me and he knew that I would be perfect for that role. And I was like, you won't, you won't, you won't fuck? (laughs) Um, uh, You like, like me? (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah yeah no it, yeah it was and then the thing is schedule wise I shot Netflix I did the Netflix thing and then the day after I walked New Zealand Fashion Week so I was doing I did that two days like that was just the weirdest week of well the most like, I don't know what happened there it's funny like that I eh? like the universe
0: always kind of lumps things together like yeah I've, exactly. I've had times where I'm like Holy shit. There was a time, and I like I was on my FM, The Rock, and 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 Flavor all at once, in Amazing. in the span of two days. And I'm just like, how the heck? And then on top of all that, is filming the bakery stuff. And then I was like, Amazing. how the heck does this all happen? And then I'll have these spouts of just like, nobody gives a fuck
1: about me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like nobody
0: cares. I've got yeah. nothing. I'm going screaming on. into
1: an abyss, a void of like, it's Ugh. just me. um... I think that as well. We 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 uh, have that insane kiwis. We do this, um, uh, which and I think it's a it's an impact. toll poppy syndrome. It's imposter syndrome, and that those go directly together. We get you know we doubt ourselves to a point sometimes where we will do these crazy things like after Netflix and stuff after the walk thing. I was like, for some reason I was getting. I thought I was going to get booked the next week, but for a gig. But in my mind I was like, that's it. Five years, baby, I did it, that's it. I was like, no one's ever going to book me. I made it. And then, yeah, very and, weird.
0: Like, so I did that, well, when I did my first gig at the, at the Classic, I was like, you know, I, was, I killed it. And then I was yeah. like, yes, I've made it. And then I went to do a gig The next weekend and it sucked. (laughs) I I was like,
1: and it was a a great dichotomy
0: of what's going on. That's comedy, baby.
1: That's comedy right there in a nutshell. I I, there are nights where I'm like, Yes, eat it, bitch, eat that. And then the night after that I did all right. And people and people in the green room like that, people laugh. I'll be sitting there like I I'm the worst person. Like it, I will start to, yeah, it's, and it's it's those highs and lows. There's a thing when it comes to comedy, and it's the saying of like, you don't choose comedy, comedy chooses you. And as soon as you get addicted to that high-low thing, it's, it's if Joe's can say it, it's a very dangerous um, well, drop. Joe,
0: Joe was pretty much like, he was the guy that said to me, he was like, listen to me. It's not always like that. Eh? <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, Joe, it can't be. This is fucking bullshit. Watch this. Next week, I'm going to go and I'm going to kill again. And then I did butt to like six people. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. In your mind. And the thing is, I saw Joe at his first ever, 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 everything revelry And it was the first time I saw a brown kid on, a brown boy on stage after a long fucking times. I did it like six months or something. And he came off and he was like, I'm never doing this ever again. And I looked at him, I was like, do it, do it for the rich of your life, just do it, you have you have that, you have it, you have it. Um, and it's a big, it's a big thing of like, there are times when gigs go left, and when they go left, especially as a woman, I've done a gig, men do not, do not like it, that I speak some things. And I've been followed in my car, I've been, I've had shit thrown at me while I walk down the street back to my, after a gig, um, uh, can I yeah. just
0: can I just guess the the um, the ethnicity of those? People? Of course, give it a go. It Spin be- the
1: wheel, Tim. <laughs> 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 it's a white guy. <laughs> 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 you did it. Caucasian. You got a generational trauma. <laughs> um, oh, it's, yeah, and, and 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 sometimes heartbreakingly, it can be my own Indian mean and Asian mean that. Wow. Can,
0: that's another thing too, because mm. I think that they're, they're very like yeah
1: the See that, cultural that, norms that, of that yeah, shit, right? We I come from a society in a culture where women are completely second, second thought, and um, I especially as, as a young woman, I'm already put into that role where we're in the kitchen. I'm you you're you're you're, live, you're growing through your grandmothers, your aunties, and stuff, and the and if, even if you could slightly cross that boundary between men and women, you're reprimanded. Mm. I did things as a kid where, because where, my Fijian family and Fiji cousins and Fijian, so we would have kava whenever we'd do like family barbecues or whatever and like anything really, a prayer. Everyone's like, kava. Um, they're like, it's Tuesday, kava. Um, but they, uh men specifically only drink that. And they only have like men. And so as a child, I remember, you know, I would sit with my male cousins or make a joke with my uncles and stuff. And I'd be in, that's kind of where most of my hidings kind of came from, was for me pushing that gen, that societal norm. And I did it all the time. And I got hidings all the time. And I was, uh, to this day, <laughs> to this day, I mean, it's a, it's a rebellion that I'm very, very big for. I, especially of the way it can really oppress a lot of um, young women. I say it all the time. I say women. We've lost a lot of women to marriage. Then we have men to war. So it's important.
0: Wow. The the gems right
1: there. I know. You like that? You like that? I like that. Put that on a tweet. Put that on a tweet. It won't go anywhere. I don't have my ass out. So (laughs) it'll just be like, no one will like that. I tweet sometimes and I'm like, I should stop tweeting. Maybe no one's in on business. Um, but I remember one time, because I'm a teacher by trade, and then cool. I remember, yeah,
0: I was working that is so
1: common. Teachers and comedians, you guys, it is I feel like it's the troll from teaching children. It is is, is, there, is there a is there a trend there? I don't oh, know. And one of the one uh, one of my favorite comedians, Rome Shroganathan. In England, uh, he, his, he was a teacher, and oh. a lot of teachers have like come through. The, yeah. I'm like, what's happening to the teachers? What are they doing to you guys? Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> but I, anyway, so I was I was teaching with two other f- uh, female teachers, and this um w- we had a new kid in at school, and he was from Saudi Arabia, and his his dad re- refused to talk to. He would only talk to me. He would he would. Honestly, it was so bad, and I I told him to get lost. I was like, "Nah, I don't want to talk to you. Go Mm. talk to them. Like, you you need to respect that their teachers as well." Oh no, no, no! I only talk to you. I only talk to you. I was like, "Get out of my face, mate."
1: Yeah, yeah. It's the weirdest thing is that that is very common from where I come from, where I had the looming of thing of like I had to be a wife. So I was initially like, you. Every time I would push those boundaries, where girls don't do that you shouldn't do that man women don't do that what are the neighbors going to say or this is a white people shit don't do some white people shit and it's like um, i i always challenged it and and in every time regardless at the end of the day i was always kind of alone in that cho- at that at that choice especially when it comes to like family and stuff they just don't want to acknowledge that but um, now it's it empowers me because i emp- it empowers other people Another woman to be like, yeah. Actually, if I can pursue what I love, does it really matter what people think, mm. does it?
0: Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, look at the backlash from uh, Mia Khalifa. You know?
1: Yeah, and you know what it is. It's it, it, it She for me, I like support sex workers a lot, and I think especially with like OnlyFans and stuff when it comes out and and um and, and that conversation is it's it's the fetishization of women. It's mm. weird. It's like. Yeah, but she can have other things she does. She's a different, she can have, she can also like pottery. Um, it's, 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 yeah, people, people just, for me, it's like they thought I was just like some fob that will never, that will like come up there. She's some, she ran away from an arranged marriage and like that's the joke she's gonna make. And really, I'm just like, you look like you don't eat pussy, bitch. And they're just like, oh my God. Sure. That's me. I'm yeah. like, why it's do you that- look like you don't eat pussy? Interesting. <laughs>
0: Sheesh, this is, this, I, I, I don't, I don't And you know wonder, wonder mean.
1: why men follow me to my <laughs> <Yeah. you're> like,
0: <laughs> I Maybe they follow you for another reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's even like, worse.
0: Show me what their mouth do, though. <laughs> <And then laughs> I'm like this, complain,
1: complain.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Um, how did, the, and so the This Is Auckland thing happened, yes. and that was just from knowing Joe through stand-up?
1: Yeah, and I just me and Joe have a very we have a good relationship. I would say that Joe's I'm his Tiffany Haddish to Joe's Kevin Heart. Well um when it comes to pursuing and being in those spaces, you know, he's always had my back when it comes to what and he's he's like that with most people of And you've met Joe. He will tell you to pursue his your dreams more than he will tell you about his own. So um Joe, whenever he has something for me to, have, to help out with. I was like, I'm more than happy to jump on any time. I was doing a gig at Rivalry in Ponsonby. And he's like, you're not up to. <laughs> I was like, oh man, nothing. I just did it by It's okay. You know, it's Rivalry, 50 50. He's like, could you just do something for me real quick? Could you come down? And I'm like, yeah, man, absolutely. And it was literally like, Whoa. could you come down? Um, you, you know the script kind of, you can play around. and." Uh, yeah, I got to play around with the camera guy and I got to play around with... Yeah, Joe's doing that was an honour. Mm. And that being the way it is, is absolutely a, a tribute to Joe's uh, work ethic. Yeah. And now look what happened. <laughs> like, Shit, you took the call and
0: holy crap. It's a... Uh, this is a big motherfucking
1: call, man. Big, big, yeah. big calling. You know, it's... Uh, yeah, I this is what I was saying to Joe. I like, try not to get emotional, mate. I'm trying not to get emotional. Um, I told him that he, it's not just for myself, but for my community and for everyone that he's he's you, you know, he's creating jobs. And so yeah, okay. I can never I can never I, I don't think you'll ever understand how much this means to me. I don't oh, think and how much it means to my um family and my inner child yeah no she went through a lot so I'm yeah. like come on girl one way one step closer to a BAFTA baby let's, let's get, get that BAFTA
0: <laughs> but no nah, it's it's really cool it's very very cool to see um somebody that I know really well um and just do just do shit like you know like a lot of people will talk it up but he, yeah he went out and did shit and that's why I've got a lot of um yeah a lot of time for joe in my in my life and he's one of my really close friends so yeah,
1: yeah. always right good dude oh, great dude easy um one thing with him as well is that he i remember his, his transition from comedy to instagram and him like actively looking at stats and doing the doing the research and doing and he had he, had, he has his perspective that yeah, it's golden. Dude is a dude is a nonstop worker. I'm just happy to be on the ride. I was like, thanks, Daddy. I'll do anything.
0: Uh, yeah, and but he's he's just one of those dudes that, yeah, will put in put in the maximum amount of effort. And mm. if he sees something in you, he'll he'll pursue it, and he'll he'll be yeah. the guy that's like pushing, like be yeah, like, come on, brother. You know, you yeah. gotta keep and, going. So, and and
1: he's you know what it is. He also supports you when you, it's not just about your work. Mm. It's about who you are, and and he understands that, and I think, especially in the creative industry that we're at, people don't care about people anymore, they care about content, and Joe cares about people, and also cares about the content, so it's like, cool, you know, you give that, and you're going to create opportunities beyond, so yeah, I'm forever grateful for Joe, Joe Joe's my, DG, you know, OG. <laughs>
0: All right, um, and yeah, so um, and and saying that though, uh, where are you? You're still on the you're still on the ground on the um, on the stand up.
1: Yeah, so um, now what's happening is bounces is a full go, which is exciting. So that that's what I'm primarily kind of focused on. And next year, um, comedy festival, I'll be doing my first hour. Um, of comedy right after bouncers so um it's going to be a, a jump i say a jump for me but it's something that i i know it's time for and and i especially bouncers coming at the time it does i was like if it if that doesn't just say that it's time for me to you know put my first hour out and then eventually get a netflix special you know so just i'm manifesting happen. maybe Yes, yeah, it
0: will happen you manifest it you put it out to the Put it out yeah, to the uh, to the
1: universe and the universe. Absolutely. Lives. Absolutely. And so yeah, it's a journey now, you know. Yeah. I'm, all, I'm all on. I'm all in at this point.
0: Oh choice. That's so good to hear, Ned. I'm like, I've I've really loved having this conversation. And oh I've, such
1: an honor. Yeah. Oh, stop it. It's no, seriously, my, I love your work. Yeah. I, I saw the interview. I was like, of. I love it all, honestly. Thank you. I'm such Yo, a fan.
0: That Susie Kato shit, man. <laughs> like, let's can I can I can I unpack this for you? I was like, been, okay so here's how that worked okay i yeah. messaged her yeah. like fucking july last year yes. randomly okay yeah. and i said hey susie i've just started my podcast i would love if you would come on it would be amazing. i just had john campbell on like he had fun you would have fun too she yeah. didn't even she didn't see it she didn't do nothing Anyway, and she doesn't... And then you just it. put it,
1: you put it aside because you're just like, I didn't message Rihanna.
0: Yeah, I just <laughs> put it out there, you know. You put I it put up. it out there, okay. Yeah. And then I, I, that a whole year went and I thought, well, well, just about a year. And then I thought to myself, well, you know, you, you, you've done a little while. Let's just like check back in and just say, hey, here's the thing. And I had this automatic, I used to do this automatic like, scheduling things so you click the link go in I can do it at this time right yeah so I did I said hey Susie I'm um, just double checking would love to have you on the show <laughs> And I the link right nothing happened all right I was I was. I had a shower at like nine o'clock at night time and then I put my phone down nothing's on it I get out of the shower get changed really go to bed and I see this Susie Cato has accepted your link and I was like what the fuck (laughs) and i was like yes woo! and then i got up i was like no i need to go i need to put my research in now because it was like she wanted it like in three days so i'm like cool i was going harder and she she was and she was just but you know when somebody comes onto a zoom call and the and the logo or whatever they have comes up and their name comes up and there was part of me that was like i don't
1: think she's gonna come I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think somebody's trolling me here I was five years old And I went to Papa Toy, Hunter's Plaza You know Hunter's Plaza and Papa Toy yes. And she did her tour when I mean, she did her books And I stood outside in the line for Suzy Caro And I was like, I'm going to be interviewed By a person who interviews Suzy Caro I got oh, an emotional I tell my mom, i was like, Suzy Caro so get... great! It was such a good interview too, man. Oh, Congratulations! So so good. She's you're so her... eloquent. Oh,
0: thank you. You're one she... of my
1: like. You are genuinely every time I see, like I've seen a lot of interviewers that are just so interesting, um, but you really you do your research and you're also very impersonable. And Joe's always speaking well about you. You came up in oh. the bounces, and uh, we were having a bounce. I don't remember? And you came up and yeah, you're you're a good you're oh, you got a good you. little rip. I like it.
0: I'm I'm building it up, but the thing with Susie, the thing with Susie is she, she is, she was tricky, man. She did her homework on me. She kept bringing up stuff that she knew I was going to talk about. She goes, obviously you've probably researched. So this is what I did on this one. And I was like, Damn Susie, it was like we're, I was playing checkers and she was playing chess, man. Oh she God. was. I was like media trained,
1: dude. That girl's media trained. She knows what oh, she's doing. I don't know she's about that. Doing- There's a lot
0: of media trained people I've interviewed, and have never. They're like, ah, oh, podcasts all good. And then I bring yeah. up like the ex girlfriend from fucking Intermedia, and they're like, oh, dude. how
1: did you know about that? Yeah, <laughs> 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 they're like, we broke up. Um, I think Susie Kato as well. She's the reason. And she's a woman that kept that wholesome uh, I'm a mom vibe for yeah. so many years. You know, here you could drop one nude and she it would have been, yeah, you know, she's and she's yeah, she's clean. holding it down, bro. Trust me, I looked
0: everywhere. <laughs> I <was> in, <laughs> I Only was...
1: fans. Yeah, she drops an OnlyFans. I'm a subscribing.
0: Oh, you know what? If she dropped the OnlyFans and it's just her reading, reading the, stories, the books. Oh, mate, sign me up. Cuck. Yeah, just to say thank you for yeah, all of her a- amazing <laughs> work. But, um, yeah, I looked, man, I was in yearbooks, nothing there. I was in, like, I was looking everywhere, man. And Listen, there was nothing, yearbooks. no skeletons,
1: no nothing from season. Bro, Janser. that's, that's scary.
0: Are you real? <laughs> well, that's what my job is, right? So I'm like, I, yeah, I have this reputation at the moment that I have to find things out. And, um, yeah, I know that, you know, my Did mate, I, Nick. Nick? Who? Nick Mylau from P- Picaranga High School
1: oh nick i worked with nick yeah he's my bro he's lovely yeah he got I, married
0: yeah he just got married i was uh i was on his um his bridal party thing yeah I, call-
1: I remember him talking about his mrs lady been forever and then he told me his love story. i was like gee just put the scandal shades <laughs> I <laughs> he was like yeah i met in high school i was like so sweet uh, i You're
0: love good- nick he's one of my one i hope, my I hope he mates. likes me i hope he i hope he's doing well oh he's doing extremely well he's a teacher too he just he just graduated yeah, he seems like a teacher guy. Yeah. Anyway, Nat, thank you so much for your hey, time. I've loved this. Thank you this. so much. Like, like, if we if we go back, we, we, we've talked about so much. We've talked about. Uh, Did I, I surprise think... you at any point? Nah, not at all. I, nothing surprised me. You know, <laughs> probably the lighting it's surprised me. It's me, Susie Kato. <laughs> <laughs> it's the lighting surprised me a little bit. I was like, shit. Yeah, this man. Is great. This is I the first that.
1: time. Yeah, really? I know. I saw it. I was like, I was like, dig on the surprise, man. the
0: cell phone like hey yeah i
1: saw i was like i got so pretty i was like these people some of them are like sitting in the rooms and i'm like i've got lighting who are you you know thank you so much for today honestly i'm so looking forward to it no when um could you tell me when this drops when are you doing when are you doing can can i stop the recording first and then i'll tell you that? (laughs) okay yeah absolutely absolutely absolutely. (laughs) thanks so much oh if people want to find you where can they find you um, Instagram, TikTok, but the main thing is, i um, look forward uh, to bounces coming soon. Yo. You're gonna watch that on um, UK Comedy Central, baby. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Thanks, eh? Thank you so much. Bye.